Welcome to Miss You Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Erin Weir, and this is a teen drama season four Riverdale cast. Yes, uh, we are in the the twilight age, uh, where it is both day and night, night being season five and day being season four. They're both kind of night, to be honest. Unlike other TV shows, which, like, took the storyline they wanted to tell last season and, like, wove it into this season, Riverdale is doing the opposite. (laughs) They are doing what we told them to do, which is they just filmed the last three episodes. Which which I want to clarify, I am fine with. I am fine with considering these first three episodes as season four. But we just have to keep reminding everyone listening to us that this is season four. this is season four as much as it is season five and all the episodes are going to be like and i say at the beginning oh season five episode two this is season four so you have to take this episode in the context in which it was intended you just watched season four you just saw jughead be dead for an entire <laughs> season like this the, right, this yeah. season is the season where we thought jughead was going to die at some point yeah, and for true. half of one episode they let us believe he was truly dead <laughs> Yeah, poorly. Jughead went to a prep school. There were some videos. Like, you have to watch this. Keeping in mind, you just saw all of this. It wasn't yeah. a year ago. This just happened. Yeah. Which I say you're saying, I, I presume you're saying this with such fervor because there were times where you forgot how. And it is hard to tell, like, how far how far in the past were these things? Like, they just happened. Well, and the problem is also with Riverdale itself, time is Time is unknowable. Like, now they're at the end of the year, but I feel like a lot of the stuff actually did. Like, the Stonewall thing, I'm pretty sure Jughead came out, like, halfway through the year. Yeah, because he started at Riverdale. Remember, he was in the school. He was at Riverdale. The school was bad. And then (laughs) Betty was like, run! I'll deal with your school enrollment problems. Yeah, then he left. And then Jughead came back. So now we're here at the end and the beginning. Uh, I guess, to begin, Aaron, basic feelings about this episode? Before we get into the the break, I feel like Riverdale. I feel like things happen too quickly and too late. <sighs> yeah, and I think I would be disappointed no matter when this episode came. It <laughs> because it, nothing in the show was ever earned. It fits so. It actually works so much better as a second season, like a second episode in the season. Because remember the beginning of season. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, four. Which After is Luke Perry Andrews the, died. No, with the no. You're right. It's three. The cult. Oh, yes, no, yes. No, this is for the cult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The end of the cult. Yeah. Where, like, the, the season three ended, big cult thing. Season four, they wrapped it up in two episodes. Yeah, this is exactly what Riverdale this does. This is exactly that. I think if this was at the end of a season, it would feel really anticlimactic. <laughs> but weirdly, at the beginning of a season, we're like, yeah, like, okay. Yeah, second, ap- second episode vibes. <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, tell me, what are your thoughts on this, this very special episode of Riverdale? <laughs> um... We well, when talking about Riverdale, I find that you know, do it for a podcast. You got to be very heightened, very hyperbolic, a lot of things like that, and be very uh, over the top. So I think just simply, just to sum up this episode, uh, this episode of Riverdale has ruined my life. I don't think that's an exaggeration. No, I think that's accurate. Uh, so since that is accurate. <laughs> I say we get into this episode. Let's go. Because this is Riverdale, season four, season five, episode 21, two? Yeah, 22 mm-hmm. episodes last season. Oh, God, they had so many episodes no, last season. No, 24 in total. 20, 23 and two. The Preppy Murders. The Preppy Murders.
right into it. Arxy. Arxy. Man. <laughs> take him take him to the top again. <laughs> right into it. Archie boxes. Robot boy does what robot boy does, which is punches. Yeah. His mom comes in and it is revealed that this is approximately 37 minutes after prom ended. Yeah. Um, Mary has quite some stuff this episode. Mary, this episode. Remember how we thought maybe she was a good, competent mom? No. Let me tell you. No, when, she is not. When Mary is not on screen, she does not exist. She ceases to be. She does not consider anything. She does not consider that her son <laughs> may not be okay. Considering last year he was unfairly put in jail she, and then his dad died. She... She has no emotional intelligence to figure out that somebody might not be doing cool until she sees it right in front of her. Now, there is a chance that she is just a program in Archie's mind. That is most likely. <laughs> Maybe she never actually moved back into town. Maybe she's still in Chicago. You know what? How Seeing how adults move into an Archie's <laughs> life in this episode, that is entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, so he goes after one of his classic midnight runs. The fact he didn't take off his shirt as he left is infuriating to me. His programming is just, you know, it's breaking down without yeah, his and, dad there to tune him up. Yeah. And I think we should just continue with his storyline because for some reason we jump around so much here. But he's just going to run off to his dad's grave. And then he's going to monologue about how the town of Riverdale <laughs> insults his dad over and over. They had a concept for Archie's storyline this episode. And, spoiler alert, I actually like Archie's storyline. It's well done in the way that Riverdale does things well. It is way too late. He's... Some, the mother who lives in his house should have gotten him help dealing with his emotions months ago. But, months. Yeah, he's... He's the and the way he's prompted into it doesn't actually make sense for what the storyline eventually becomes, and it's really obvious in this speech where he he kind of just garbles out not like pontificates nonsense mm -hmm. at a tombstone that doesn't really feel like what he's going to be going through in the next couple of minutes. But if there's one thing we know, it's that Archie is bad <laughs> at articulating his emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but while he's doing that, Betty and Jughead are... I guess she just lives... <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> weird blended family. Yeah, they they share a bedroom, <laughs> which I don't... I cannot fathom I, but... Alice Cooper letting Jughead and Betty it, share a bedroom. It looks like, also, they redecorated it back to Betty's room. Like, decor. Yeah, it's Betty's room, but Jughead lives there now still. Yeah, I can't get over this weird blended family. With their parents dating Be and, them, and them dating, dating and, like, and the no one talks about it ever. <laughs> the parents sleep in the same room and then there's Betty and Jughead in the same room and there's and Jelly, Jelly Bean. just wishes someone would sleep in her room. Elsewhere. And where's Polly? In a hospital? No, who knows? Being deprogrammed from the farm? Yeah, they're all being deprogrammed. Uh, Not Alice, though. <laughs> No, she's fine. Uh, she ne she went in there on purpose, but maybe also got into the cult. Just like Cheryl and then Tony. Yeah. Uh, so she gets a call from Brett. Because I guess when you're in a prison, you can just call people whenever you want. I mean, actually, yeah. Yeah. The, the and whole, he is rich. The whole one phone call thing is kind of media nonsense. I'm surprised Riverdale doesn't stick to it, No, not though. the one phone call thing. I just thought there were, like, certain phone times and they wouldn't be 1 a.m., 
Yeah, I mean, who knows? I like I don't know what kind of pri- I, what kind of prison does Hiram run? True enough. <laughs> this is a Hiram prison. Keep in mind. So at one a.m., Brett. Three a.m. Has oh, this is very important. The witching hour. It's not important actually, <laughs> actually at all. I don't know why I feel felt the need to correct you. Brett has some information. It's information that Betty's definitely going to want, but only give her the information if she gets him transferred to solitary immediately. Yeah, because he's clearly worried for his life. Yeah, he's worried for yeah. You know, someone's gonna someone's going to kill him clearly like here's the thing Brett's definitely going to die yeah and then in the next scene Betty and Jughead roll on into that prison and he was in fact murdered in his cell yeah yeah he's dead him dead well let's let's uh let's let's check on to I guess the next day (laughs) everyone feeling nice and chipper after everyone being up at 3 a.m. so uh it's time to pick up your grad gowns yeah and Cheryl is furious that hers is the same color as everyone else's. I want to take a moment here to clarify. This scene is the kind of Cheryl I want to see. She comes in, says some nonsense about how she's like, I don't want to, I have to be dressing. I know everywhere is blue, everywhere, but I want to wear crimson. I want to wear crimson. And then she leaves the scene. And that's <laughs> that all I want. That should be all Cheryl is. We will pick up with her later, and I hate it, but this this is fine. She's just nonsense villain in the background. She should be so into the into the the school stuff that none of the other murder things ever affect her. She, she needs should to be, be like Taylor. She needs to be Taylor. That's the thing. She it's ever Taylor because they kept her being good. She was able to continue on and grow. Yeah, Cheryl should be just this. So Archie comes in and, like Veronica told him last night, <laughs> she pretends they're still dating. Now, in. Not in our, I guess in Veronica's offense, um, <laughs> she lays on the the fake dating a little too much. She's like, oh, hello, Archie Kins. Oh, what? Oh, oh my I- lover. I cannot believe you are here, my love, to have love with me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Let's us go to a closet and make out or something. And Archie's like, okay. <laughs> and then Jughead teases Archie for arriving late. And yeah. Archie loses his GD mind. Yeah. He goes, I'm not graduating. And Betty's like, but Weatherby's the principal now. I'm pretty sure you will graduate. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Weatherby understands that horrible things have happened to you. Yeah, I... Man, we, we've gone over Archie's little graduation and the fact he could have done all his tests. and not, I can't even remember why he's not graduating anymore. Because he missed too much school when he was in jail. That is true. <laughs> it's true. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Uh, anyway... He he's upset, so he goes outside. He kind of blows up at Veronica. It's all very realistic. He's actually feeling one thing, but because emotions are heightened and confusing when you're a young robot boy becoming a man, uh, he blows up a little bit on Veronica and as well. Could Archie perhaps have PTSD from all of the horrible things that have happened to him? Yes. So Veronica follows him out and is like, why are you PTSDing at everyone? <laughs> and it's... And Veronica takes the moment to <laughs> to be like, I told you I was doing this. And so what if if they know we're gonna have to tell them the truth or lie, and I don't wanna do either of those things. Like, so we're just Ver- gonna lie a lot. Veronica, why are you so <laughs> since when are you such a moral up- I guess she's always a moral upstanding it's person true. except for when she doesn't want to be. It's because she Archie doesn't know how to lie, so she's just gonna make him confused for a week. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll have to check in to the dumbest storyline. So, um... Remember last episode, Aaron? Remember the end of last episode? Remember Cheryl Sobbing drapes. across Nana Rose's body. Yeah, it turns out uh, Tony comes up and sh- and her and Cheryl are, like, cool. So they didn't 
break up, Tony just didn't come over for one night. Yeah, Tony didn't come over after prom and Cheryl's like, my life is over. So Tony is going to keep talking to her Nana to make her Nana accept Cheryl. (laughs) And Cheryl's going to do some blossom business. Yeah, like there is some weird tension between them here. I'm like, okay, so... Maybe they're only kind of broken up. Like, there's this thing was like, oh, we have to we have to pretend that we're not together because I need to figure out how to get my Nana to be cool with me dating you. And, but and Cheryl's, Cheryl's going to take that as, like, an insult because, of course, she does. But spoiler alert, later they will go away for a weekend. Yeah. We will not see happily, that weekend. Happily, happily, fine. They'll just go, to, they'll just go on a, a weekend trip. To somewhere somewhere like a con- like a cabin or a condo or unknowable a, yeah or somewhere so so i guess all of that drama ma- last episode no nothing matters nothing matters for cheryl she will constantly win despite never growing and never learning and never respecting other human beings yep meanwhile oh, or after school oh snap he's back our dear friend dr colonel junior yes <laughs> who who the more I see him, the more and more he looks like Doug Jones. Do you know Doug yes. Jones is? Yeah, yeah. He, 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 this I don't know what it is this one especially very Doug Jones. Very tall he appears. Yeah, uh, and he explains like every corner does that every body they see is the weirdest body they've ever seen. <laughs> but this one is super weird. This is the weirdest body I've seen since that boy was randomly mutilated in the woods. And those other boys were mutilated afterwards. Still haven't found that killer. Never but to he's, be explained. But he's not affecting your life, so I presume we never will. Anyway. Look at Brett. This is super weird about him. Yeah, he was stabbed multiple times in the abdomen, and then Fine. his eyes were gouged out. I have a question for you, knowing what we know. I don't know, Aaron. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why either. I don't know why. This is very... This is <laughs> this scene is a mirror image of the season one episode, where it's like, this body has a touch of evil. It's never clarified what that means. <laughs> Colonel Jr. does not talk in metaphors, though. He just points out weird things on yeah. dead bodies. Yeah, stabbed multiple times, that's fine, because he was shanked in a prison. Yeah. Um, but the eye g- gouged out is... Look, I'm going to be real. That is gross, but I don't think it's the weirdest th- body that's ever come out of that prison. Do you think his eyes are gouged out because he was a voyeur? Like, remember how he made all those videotapes of people having sex? Yeah, but... Is this a reference to that? Aaron, possibly. But do you trust this episode, to this series, thought that far? No, I think I just made that up. I think I'm doing their work for them. Exactly. Stop doing their work for them. So, Meanwhile, <laughs> speaking of people doing work, Archie's just at his gym being a robot who is breaking down. Yeah. yeah. When he gets attacked by a grown-ass man. Yeah, so sneaks in. And like then they're like, shouting at each other. Archie's like, you want to fight again? And then Hiram is like, how he's... dare you step out on my daughter with her best friend? <laughs> I guess you're just like your father. I'm like, number one, you are not Fred's best friend. Do not speak of Luke Perry Andrews. Wait, wait, do you think Fred Andrews is your best friend? Because he makes, he says the apple is far from the tree and his wife. Got together with with Luke Perry Andrews. Yeah. So. Whose best friend is. (laughs) Wait. Huh? Wait. Do you. Huh? Iram. Iram. Fred doesn't like you. Someone else is also offended by that comparison, and that someone else is Father Keller. And I have no idea where he came from. But he busts in there and is like, grown men cannot beat up teenagers. Stop. Then Archie kicks him out, and somehow that has the most, like, in this show, 
dramatic resonance. He's like, get out of get out of my my boxing place. And then Father Color's like, yeah, your membership is gone. Dr- dramatic sting like that is the the worst thing to happen in this scene. Also, remember it was a community center for children. Yeah. <laughs> Archie calls it a bo- calls it a, a boxing. Well, place. for Hiram, it's a boxing gym. I guess it's true. So, um, I guess Hermosa is back is, from Miami. Yeah, or still in town. She yeah. wasn't there last episode. I, I don't know. Aaron. She's she's weirdly transitory. She's very creepy in this episode. She's just always in the back of scenes holding rum. <laughs> she she acts in this episode as and the fact that she's in town, she acts as if she like this is all some sort of accumulation of her plan, but then you reveals none of it is. She just happened to be around to get involved in things. She stumbled into a plot just like uh well, Vega. Yeah, well cuz you know after- Starcross. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because after um, uh, Veronica and her do a little bit of banter, Veronica goes to put the garbage out, and all them... All those hicks! The Malloys that Hiram has been punching in the face... Go to murder his daughter with a shotgun. Because, yeah, they're crime gangs. That's what they do. Because this is the worst town in America. Yeah, like... (laughs) Like, yes, of course this is what's going to happen. Hiram, how long have you been in the mafia for? You know the- <laughs> that they go after your family. Yeah. and Well, I mean, the, the, the depending on the thing, they have more honor. We don't. But you know the mafia. We remember Small Fry. That's what I was going to say. Remember when Small Fry broke into the apartment? <laughs> and then, so they do the thing, of course, where they're like, now you turn around so we can shoot you in the back because... That's a thing, I I guess. And then a shot goes off, but it's not a shotgun <laughs> shot. Three silenced shots go off. Like assassin silencer. Um, don't worry, though. Hermosa has a license, and she's allowed to have that gun. It's registered. I don't think she's allowed to have the silencer. And this was self-defense. <laughs> I don't care about that. What I wanted to bring up is that I thought this was going to reveal that Hermosa was watching Veronica, like, like she was told to protect Veronica. But no, she immediately is like, oh, well, what's going on what's here? With, what's with your enemies? <laughs> so, no. Hermosa was just around because. Yeah, she just stumbled outside. And then decided to follow Veronica out back or maybe she thought she took too long maybe she wanted to taunt her some more i don't know she's like i'm bored i should go make fun of my sister some people have guns on her shot them but why that doesn't explain why she's around (laughs) so she says are those your enemies and veronica says no they're dads Uh (laughs) uh-oh oh man my father has enemies i thought he was just doing normal crime my dad do crime okay at this point she knows he does crime but she thinks he stopped remember he didn't kill the malloy but he did kill the malloy we'll get to that uh so we go to a scene that we're gonna be getting a whole lot here which is charles betty and jughead kind do of some debriefs yeah uh in this debrief betty who's gonna have a lot of thoughts this episode her current thought is that isn't it weird that the auteur left God is watching or whatever it said mm-hmm. uh, with the camera and then Brett's eyes were cut out? Is is there a connection there? And I'm no. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> <and then> Charles, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Charles is like, well, we should listen to her. Her instincts are good. And all I can think of is, remember BV, Betty and... Betty's instincts are terrible. Yeah, Betty is really off her game this second half of season four. Oh, and I was like, oh, well, I was thinking that God is watching because the whole thing about, oh, you know, the, the auteur theory is director as God. Like, there's stuff in there talking about if you're a director, you're also the controller of everything. So... Yeah, that's where I thought that was going. But sure, yeah, God is watching and they pluck someone's eyes out. Those are those are also things, Betty. Anyway, Charles thinks that David has connections inside the prison and he's mad that Brett was going <laughs> to st- feel that information. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Now, at this point, we know Charles is the auteur. <laughs> We've known this for <laughs> since Halloween, yeah, since yeah. Veronica killed that man. Yeah, so, okay, Charles, settle down. <laughs> it's funny, he's like, well, you got to follow your instincts, like. Yeah, okay. Cheryl has a Zoom meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a weird nod, but... With her ginger gang. So uh, all those gingers hate Cheryl. Yes. Now, it took me literally going to the Wikipedia to figure out that those two people who are talking to her the most are Cricket and Fester. Yeah, they're the ones where she made them think that they ate their dad, but it was all just a meat pie scam. Yeah, which apparently they told the rest of the family... Because they openly admit in the boardroom that they say, like, well, this is revenge for you killing uh, Bedford. So this is the revenge. Cheryl is going to sell off a small part of their land land to the governor, which will then give her the seed money she needs to restart the maple business. Yeah. Um, And also... They are going to give the land to the Ucatana. That will never be mentioned again, by the way. That, right. This is the one scene where she's like, and also the land that we buy back is going to be given to the Ucatana. Which, as you will remember, is the indigenous tribe that made the serpents. Yeah. So, so I, she's literally buying <laughs> Tony's grandparents' love. Yeah. So, I, But, I mean, like, yeah, cool, sure. what, whatever, reparations all, and, and all things like that. But this will never be mentioned again in any of her motivations. And the revenge that Cricket and Fester put on her is... No. No, we're not going to. We're not going to help you. Do a good thing and give our family more money. (laughs) Like, I mean, I I, I understand them being like, no, we're not doing the whole selling land thing. But they're uninterested in ever reopening the maple business. Which is a real cutting off your nose despite your face. Yeah, I, because all we ever hear about Blossom Industries is the maple business. What else? Do they? Are they just investors? Are they just living off of a pot of old money? No, they're a hedge. You got to do something with that. Well, unfortunately, they're a hedge fund. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, uh, GameStop, uh, GameStop has really... destroyed the blossoms. But they don't know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Hermione is doing what Hermione does, which is drinking wine. And her kids bust on in and they're like, hey, mom, dad's in the mafia again. Do you know he's back to his old mafioso ways. And, and then like, Hermione- has he ever stopped? Like, he's been pretty openly to his family corrupt. He still owns the private prison and he's still. Yeah, but once he had his health problems, then he was just, well, it just seemed- the mayor with his business holdings. Well, judging by this scene, it seems like they really draw a line between. Like, him going out and punching people, that is the crime they care about. I mean, this is Veronica. Yeah. So, um, Hermione's like, yeah, he's an idiot. And they're like, well, we have a plot. Please sell us all of your shares in Lodge Industries so we can stage a coup. And also give us Dad's black black book of all of his associates. Of his underworld contacts. Which means that he literally keeps a list. Being like, these are the bad guys I know. Well, I mean, but that's... 
you know, that's fine. Because when you look at it, you don't open up and it says, here's the criminals I know. It's just a list of people's names. But it means that, like, so in this plan, we're like, oh, my God, he's back to his criminal ways. Well, we know he has a list of criminals that he constantly (laughs) calls. So I guess we better. Speaking of things just happening, for reasons unknown, (laughs) our heroes, Betty, Jughead, Charles, are at the cabin. Well, they're there because Charles called to them. But why did Charles go there? Well, we know why Charles went there. Because Charles is the murderer. murderer. Anyway, David's David's there and he hung himself. Yeah. Like. (laughs) But why did he call his friend, his sister and brother? I don't know. Because he's. Because Charles wants to make like a Hardy Boys type detective team with his sister and brother, I I think. No. And we will get explanations, and those explanations won't explain anything. They'll explain answers to questions we did not ask, and yet leave the questions we are asking answerless. So is this cabin the Lodge cabin? It's the Lodge murder cabin, yes. And David has just been hanging out there. Um. Well, I mean, he killed himself there. Uh, I mean, clearly he didn't kill himself there. It just there. seems weird that... Well, this is this is the cabin where the auteur thing happened. Yeah, in. I know. I, I just I forgot it was the lodge cabin. It's weird that the auteur thing happens in the lodge cabin well, as it, well. It happened in the lodge cabin because it's a uh, murder cabin. Well, no, because the economy of locations, Eric. Because this is a TV show. It happened because everything has to be something else. There'll be no further explanation, and it's weird. Mary comes to visit, hang out with Archie, and is like, "So the defense lawyer from remember the." kid who hit your dad and how the dad turned himself in the defense lawyer came to talk to me sentencing is going to happen right away and archie's like sentencing for the kid and the dad (laughs) no no just the dad you know how this goes archie i mean remember how the dad turned himself in archie i mean really this is mary's explaining to the audience like hey audience remember (laughs) so um he's what the defense lawyer is thinking is that if Archie and Mary, like, publicly say that they forgive the dad, yeah. he might get a more lenient sentence, which yeah. is Archie knows something that he should consider doing because the dad didn't do anything. Yeah, but Archie has such strong feelings, and he still has nightmares about his dad dying, and, like, and so Mary's like, maybe you can just write a letter. And someone should have... <laughs> gotten Archie a professional to help him process his emotions because someone who is highly educated and like a caring person should have considered that Archie would struggle with this because he's a teenage boy. No, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> he's so strong and tall. He's so he's such a strong tall boy. I bet in I bet in 5 years he'll look exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> so now let's quickly see the accumulation of Veronica and Hermosa's whole thing where they just explain to Hiram that, well, they, Hiram explains to them. That they did this. Yeah, so they called up his associates and told him the FBI was going to come after them. Uh, and then also have just been like, just I guess they just told the board, hey, we have the most shares now. And Hiram's like, but how could you do this to me? Beating up people gave me back my yep. strength He's, and vigor. He says, reverting to my old ways has given him strength. And Veronica, well, she will say that's not how medicine works. There will never be any refusion to this is how he healed himself. So, I mean. I guess that is how medicine works. Maybe doing his physical therapy by boxing at Archie's gym is what did it. <laughs> but no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, he is 
at this moment kind of unperturbed by all this because he's like, all I need to do business is a fist and a gun. And I'm like, no, not the level of criminal you claim to be. Yeah, you're... you definitely need a criminal empire because you're a kingpin. Yeah, yeah. And really, Betty and Hermosa's problem with him is not a criminal empire. It's going out and punching people. They will keep masquerading it, and by they I mean the writers, mm. that their problem is criminal. He's back in his old mafioso ways. But if he wasn't going out and punching people and just like, you know, doing... Manipulating stocks. Yeah, they would be like, oh no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's manipulating stocks, that's fun. Yeah, and like, you know, using his private prison. And I forgot how much of a conflict it is. Him being the mayor of the town and the owner of the prison feels like... That feels like a real big conflict. Like, I don't think it's outright illegal, but well, that's I mean, rough. Hard to say. Because, <laughs> well, it means that that his his mo- motive would be to do things that would get people sent to his prison. Yeah, but, I mean, government is complicated. Right. <laughs> so, um, while all of this is going on, the Jones family is hanging out in their kitchen, and Jughead gets a text message that tells him he got into university. Yeah, so he's graduating. That's not how you get into university. <laughs> I got it. I don't know, Aaron. He got it. He got an email. His phone rings. Aaron, my phone rings when I get emails. Anyway, so um, everyone's very, very excited except for Jellybean, who's staring <laughs> off into the middle distance. Well, yeah, I don't. I'm not and sure what this the is. Camera really focuses on her. Yeah, because yeah. uh, he's going all the way to Iowa, yeah. which is really far away from Connecticut. Aaron, we know this is the Pacific Northeast. But it's so close <laughs> to New York. Yeah, the Pacific Northeast. Connecticut. <laughs> Iowa's far away, that's all I know. <laughs> so Cheryl uh, takes the time to go see her mother, who, as we all remember, was just living in her formal brothel turned maple rum den. Which was shut down because Cheryl quit Veronica's maple rum company. So I think, No, I think it was still open. So Wasn't now it's it? just a brothel again. No, I think now it's just a rum, um, still maple rum, because I think... I guess Veronica is still doing the maple yeah, rum. Yeah, she's so. still doing the maple rum. So Penelope's just... just in business with Veronica now and not Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl is not involved in that, but she's, yeah, whatever. So... Anyway, Penelope's like, oh, your feelings are hurt. I think you should get out of town so you can have an alibi. <laughs> yeah, I want to redeem my family, is the exact phrase that Cheryl says that leads into, you should leave town and have an alibi. <laughs> And now I don't think at this point Cheryl is suspicious. She's like, no, I better get an alibi. Okay. You're right. I should leave town. What fun it will be. So she goes to Tony and they leave town because they're a couple. And and then we don't see it. Whatever. Betty gets yet another call in the middle of the night, but this time... It's a familiar midnight phone caller. (laughs) The last one was familiar as well. It was Brett. Yeah, but Donna always calls her at midnight. It's true. Uh, (laughs) It's Donna. Uh, And Joan... Who lives her life off screen has been killed off screen. Joan, who <laughs> she had diplomatic immunity, diplomatic immunity can't enter the states again, so is in a different country. Yeah, I, I know I dwelled so long on some things. I this moment at this moment of the episode when they're like, "Oh, Joan was killed." I'm like, well, I can't think about that that hard. I can't. I can't think about the fact that we know that she was she left the country. And then was somehow murdered. I can't do it. Well, Betty can't dwell on that either. She tells Donna to never call her again. Yeah. And the next morning, she tries to call Joan and finds out that Joan is, in fact, dead. <laughs> yeah. So she's really snotty to Donna because that's how Betty reacted to Donna because 
Donna deserves it. Yep. Um, but then when she hangs up, I was like, I should probably check on that in the morning. <laughs> um, Joan was killed by a rock to the head, just like Jughead should have been. Yeah. I think Joan was also the one who hit him, so. That's right. Good there. Uh, now, obviously because uh, Hiram has decided not to step down and instead just rage in his office. Veronica and Hermosa come up with a better plan? Yes, Hermosa has a plan. It's a one-two punch. Uh, then she explains what a one-two punch is, so that's cool. Uh, but she, remember when last time Hiram was really beaten up and you helped him? Well, this time, time don't help this him. This time you won't. That will make all the difference. And and Veronica will not dwell on this plan. Ah, uh, Veronica. All right, a big thing in Archie's scene, George Augustine will appear at his appear like he just I mean, it really yeah. is what it feels he, like. He operates into Archie's boxing gym. Yeah, and Archie <laughs> doesn't take the hint that the fact that George is even standing in front of him is weird because he's going on trial, like, next week. And Archie's like, I'm working on the letter. My heart hurts, so I'm slow at it. But but George clarifies, no, no, my son actually has now, he confessed, uh, and now I, I want you to write it for him. Now, Archie, through all of his PTSD and emotions, yeah. makes actually a really good argument he points out that when the kid hit his dad that was an accident yeah and accidents happen when the kid drove away and never told anyone until he broke down later that was not an accident your choices are important and archie is not someone who would hit someone and then run away which i actually think is true um nope a guy got shot and he ran away I looked these up, Aaron, because what he said, what he said. Oh, but that wasn't an accident. That was on purpose. <laughs> oh, I guess. Um, and that man was trying to shoot Archie. <laughs> but here's the thing. It honestly doesn't matter if Archie is right in, I wouldn't have done that. In this moment, like, he clarifies his feelings, and they're very reasonable feelings. And he's trying to, he's essentially trying to grapple with them. The fact that he does not blame him for hitting his, for hitting his dad. He's trying to grapple with like you know he's mad about him leaving and he sees as reflection of his own cowardice earlier cowardice is a huge thing for archie in this scene and if he had a therapist be a lot more from going through it he said he's going through his own therapist his mind therapist like 10 months later and it's so i can't get over how upsetting it is (laughs) that he's just been living in his brain by himself for 10 months and not a single adult who cares about him has tried to help him yeah yeah just assumed that he would be fine (laughs) yeah it's it's and we understand it's a tv show and it's one thing to like you know because yeah the the honest truth is therapy is good and not dramatically fun on tv a lot um, but it'd be nice if, what, if some of the parents seemed like they actually tried but, at any okay, point. Okay, but here's the thing. No one cares about him. <laughs> That's the thing, It's yeah. not like he's been pretending he's been doing well. He's been obviously having a lot of trouble, and everyone who's just been, like, weird. I cannot believe I am comparing this to Grey's Anatomy, because Grey's Anatomy is a f- okay show. But on Grey's Anatomy, they have shown people having, like, psychological spirals, 
and they only get away with it for like two episodes and they're when they are getting away with it they are trying really really hard to hide it and really really hard to fake it yeah whereas like, Archie's not faking it he's openly he has been like screaming at the world I'm not okay <laughs> it, all season and it sucks to be in this world where, this, where no one seems to ever notice that he is not doing cool and he's not and yes, an adult I, he's a kid and yes I understand Riverdale's a crap sack town, and that is the thing. But his mom's not from there. Yeah, no, but it, but his mom has been set up as she should notice, and the fact that she has not noticed is not character assassination, but it doesn't say good things for a character that you've been like, oh no, she's very aware. Like this would be this would be like if Fred never noticed the entire time. In another storyline, Jughead and Betty get a new tape, and this time the warrior goes inside their house, and I refuse to call him the auteur, and this time... For some reason, they watch it as a whole family as well. They do it every time. Every time the Jordan's family gathers around to watch the tapes. <laughs> all right, everyone, we got another creepy-ass tape. Why don't we all sit down and see what's I on the tube? I guess, to be fair, FP is the sheriff. FP is fine. Alice and Jellybean are not. Alice is substantially a news person. As so. if Alice would not bully her way into that room. Do you yeah. want to fight with Alice? Anyway, the voyeur comes into the house, walks through the house, holds a knife up by Jellybean's face. Yeah, Jellybean's like, that's me! And they turn it off. Yeah, it's... I mean, this is cool. Like, this is where I thought this was going to go a lot earlier <laughs> with the whole filming their house for six hours thing. So they're going to go to the five seasons. Yeah. Veronica gets a text message from Daddykins. Dad's not changed that on her phone in five, four years, huh? Okay. And uh, he says, I'm in my den. <laughs> Please, Need help. I'm hurt. Come home. <laughs> and for a second there, I thought Veronica forgot the plan because she went home. So she goes home and he's sitting there. And he's like, well, you got the first aid kit. And she's like, no, no. I'm going to lecture you instead. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You think you're. You oh yeah, she, you might be a scorpion because I guess he's a Scorpio, but you're actually a dog. And when a dog soils the carpet, you rub his nose in it. I'm like, Veronica, don't do that. Actually, and uh, there are younger and stronger men who are coming. Blah blah blah. Go out on top. Blah blah blah. Like I mean, he calls to stop punching people. Now I'm wondering why he can't get the first date anyway. Well, because this is all metaphorical yeah signifying and then veronica goes where her most has been sitting in her room and holding is, rum dramatically yeah and it's just, and she's just like what did you have your men do to him like veronica what did you think would happen you knew the plan was to beat him up to the point he would ask you for help but kevin she didn't think hermosa would beat him up more than he was beaten up last time it was gonna be the exact same amount i don't think he was beaten up more veronica stop Stop getting involved with crime and being horrified that crime happens. What? <laughs> you are the human embodiment of that Pikachu meme. Speaking of people who are horrified by things, <laughs> Nana Rose sits by the fire draped in her mourning veils. Yes. Uh... <laughs> and Cheryl comes home from her weekend away and is like, <gasps> mourning veils. What? Well, the entire Blossom family is dead. They've been poisoned. And then Cheryl, like, like calls out to her mom. And I guess her mom still lives in the walls? <laughs> well, no, I think she did that for a dramatic reveal. That was a dramatic reveal. Like, that was <laughs> that was her being like, okay, we're going to get there. I want to hear her reaction to when I do this. Maybe she'll realize I'm there and I'll step out coolly. And then, <laughs> then yeah, Cheryl reveals, not Cheryl, whoever her mom's name Penelope. is. Penelope. Penelope. Like, yes, I did. I was the one who poisoned them. And Cheryl seems shocked. What? Did you think when your mom said you had to, to leave town you need, so you'd have an alibi? Yeah, 
you said, oh my, oh, the board won't let me do my thing and I want to redeem our name. And your mom immediately said, God, I hate those people. You should leave town and get an alibi. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> God. And now Cheryl's in charge of the entire Blossom for doing nothing. Oh, yeah, because Penelope's dead. I forgot about that. Yeah, Penelope. That's why Penelope could do it is because she is functionally dead. And, and because Cheryl was out of town. And there's a suicide note that said they killed themselves to atone for the Blossom's sins. <laughs> At which point the cops looked at it and went, yeah, that seems about right knowing these people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just put them all in a pit and set them on fire. I think they're vampires. Let Dr. Curdle see them, though. <laughs> you know, he's got to say some creepy things. These bodies have a touch of poison they were poisoned actually oh i'm so good at being a coroner nice my dad would be so proud of me i think he's in heaven i don't know so um betty and jughead are at the five seasons everyone else is asleep but they're like man this situation was real weird there's some weird real weird stuff going on so they they spent some time summarizing just everything (laughs) like Everything's like, oh, well, here's the feelings everyone's having, and here's what we're going through. And then they just, Aaron, they just figure it out. Well, you know, one of them, I don't remember who, says, I feel like the auteur has been doing a lot more than just watching. Like, maybe he's been listening. (laughs) I think that was kind of unspoken. Okay. Who likes to bug phones? phones? Yeah. The evidence of how they reach this is who likes to bug phones? Who ha- who can kill Joan in the outside world and also has the connections still bred on the inside. And I feel like that's not as small a group as they pretend it is. Well, then they go home and they look for the bugs. And it seems that Charles used the exact same bug in their house as he gave to <laughs> Betty to put in Stonewall. Oh, no, Aaron, you just revealed it. Because this show has a whole thing where it's like out of focus and it's showing like, like Betty's looking up. And it's like, hello, out of focus and coming into focus. It's Charles. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so Charles did this for exactly the reasons that we think he did it. He wants his family to be his family. Yeah. So now he will actually not explain this well. He'll just sort of say some creepy serial killer stuff. But as I said, he got sloppy. He killed Joan and Brett. And he admits to that. His boyfriend, Cheek, was actually the one who killed Brett. Yeah. I don't know how they know they're still together. I guess they just assume it. I think they're just saying things and watching his reaction. Yeah. Um, and so, once again, they have really no evidence to this. Um, and then he explains, like, oh, I'm trying to protect your fam. I'm just, I want to protect this family. I killed all the bad guys. All the bad guys who were out to get you. I made them dead. And I'm like, oh, God. And, Charles just wanted a family. Uh, yeah, so he did that. Now, I so many questions came up here. I don't understand what prompted him to kill them now. Like, why now did he decide to kill them? Oh, because everything was getting good. So, you know, he just wanted to clear up all the lost ends. Also, Brett was doing his Brett thing. Yeah, like, if Brett was meaner to... I don't think it was that Brett was being mean. I think that Brett figured out some stuff with Chick. Because uh, let's think about how crazy Chick is. There's no way he's keeping secrets well. Well, yeah, but the way that they that um they do it and Charles says it is that he got like he told Chick to kill Brett, which implies that he told Chick to do it before Brett figured out Chick was trying to kill him. I sort of think they were trying to drop some of the hints of this last episode, so that's why I'm like, well, Brett was Brettin. Mm. Um, and then when then they ask they say, "Oh, Tur," and 
surprise, he actually isn't the auteur. Okay, I want to point something out in this scene. Yeah. So they, like, say all this stuff, and Charles is like, yup. Yep. And then they're like, okay, so we're going to go to the police? <laughs> and he's like, and yeah. Like, you didn't record this? No, I like, mean. <laughs> you didn't think that maybe he was going to reveal it to you, but not the police? No, he's not. You didn't get his confession on tape? No, Aaron. She's holding the bug. It's fine. Oh, she is holding the bug. So I guess it is being recorded. No, it's, no, it's not, Aaron. That's not how bugs work. <laughs> is it not? No, that bug, because that bug had to be actually wired into the phone. That's how we could hear both sides of the conversation. It was not wired. It's not just a microphone. It actually wires into the, the phone and uses the microphone in the phone and the receiver. But there was also the bug that she just, like, put on the bottom of a table. That's not the bug she got. Because the bug was in the phone. Because he heard both sides of the conversation. Yeah, but she also the bug that you're, no, she, no, no. You're you're right. The bug he gave her was the one she stuck on the bottom of the table. And she said that this is the same bug, so he must just have ones that he put around the house too. I, that's the thing. You are absolutely correct. But he could hear both sides of the phone conversations. Kevin Charles has lots of bugs. He loves bugs. no, no, Aaron. He has one bug. <laughs> he loves bugs. Okay, so anyway, yes. what's more important is he's not the auteur. No, he's not the auteur, and. And so this, this actually does come come as a surprise because he was very clearly the auteur. And I guess the only reason why I'm mostly surprised is because I did not think this show would just do the Black Hood again. Now, this will be the end of the storyline. Unlike the Black Hood, where uh, I'm, I don't kept doing stuff. Um, No, I think he might. I, I think they're just going to put him in jail and then yeah. Betty's going to visit him at times. The same thing she did with Hal. Just they killed Hal and decided, oh, but we still want to do Silence of the Lambs. No, Kevin, they're skipping forward seven years. Yeah, he'll still be in jail. Okay, well. Aaron, he killed so many people. Okay, well, the point I was making was that there's no climax to the storyline in this episode. Oh, no. The Aaron, that was the point I was making. Aaron, it's no, just done. There's no climax to any storyline in this episode. Oh, they just say things. That's because last episode was called Climax. I just, I didn't think they would just do the Black Hood again. And they don't. They don't say that what he's doing is the exact same thing the Black Hood is doing, killing bad people. But... Yeah, and don't forget the serial killer gene doesn't go through Hal. It, <laughs> no, goes, it goes through Alice. It goes through Alice. So Hiram calls a family meeting oh, when he's like... <laughs> and he's fine. He's, by the way, he's fine. Yeah, but he's like, sometimes I get beaten up, so maybe I shouldn't be a mafia. Yeah. Maybe me and my wife will just go to uh, the Cayman Islands and you guys can run my business. Yeah. So let's my say, crime business. Let's say I do step down. What's that going to look like? No, no, no. He never says he's going to step down. He just says, what if I do? Uh, but I guess he's going to hold himself to that. Yeah. Veronica's going to go to university and Hermosa's going to be in charge of the mafia. <laughs> business affairs. Sure. Sure. Anyway, Hermione wasn't going to be on the show anymore in season five, although it turns out actually she is. She re-signed her contract. Yeah. But the way that they were going to get rid of Hermione was by making her a real housewife of New York. Yeah, apparently she did mention, I think, at one point that she was offered to be. Uh, no, I think this came out of nowhere. I fe- It feels she familiar. She says it with such confidence, but it's... <laughs> It's a wild sidestep. Man, people, I think psychologists need to look at this show at the way it's able to just make you have false memories. Anyway, she's going to do that and yeah. divorce Hiram. Yeah, as she has clarified, the only reason she did all of these things was to protect Veronica. But now Veronica doesn't need protection. Though I feel like that doesn't clarify with a lot of the things that Hermione has. Remember when she was really into the Mafia? So let's talk about other ineffectual, terrible mothers, because there's still so much more of this episode. Molly Ringbald Andrews has forgotten how to human. Oh, yeah. She found the tape and she's watching it. 
And now, now, now she understands what. Why Archie is traumatized. She has had a traumatized child living in her house for a year. And now all she can do is cry. All she she cannot offer him any help, any support. She's like, it must be so hard to be you, Archie. Yeah, like it's it. It's it's like it's, it is character assassination. It's, it's it's like she thought he was like, oh, he's just a moody teen. You're 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 making too much of this. It's all fine. Like what what's the worst it could be? And then she saw a recreation. She she knew she knew he was held at gunpoint. She, she know she knows all this stuff, but apparently she has to see a weird recreation of it before she said, oh, like she didn't even see a real video. She saw a recreation. Was like, oh god, actually, it turns out maybe yourself actually is bad. And so then she's like, we got to take this tape to. The sheriff or <laughs> Betty and Jughead. Now, I will say that's because Mary knows what the hell is going on in this town. She knows who's actually the ones who want to figure things out. And, and Ar- that's Betty and Jughead. And Archie says, no, no one can ever see this video <laughs> because then they'll see what a coward I was. Which, hey, hey, good, good encapsulation of what this character's thing is. Good thesis. Uh, and then he grabs the tape and just destroys it in his strong robot hands. And then he trashes their TV <laughs> and VHS player with that bat that he was going to use to protect his house. Remember when he stayed up all night because he had to protect his house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary was asleep upstairs. Yeah. Um. It, it, <laughs> I love that he smashed his TV. I like, don't like big wrong, big raw emotional thing where he's but like reasonable. He, he smashes the tape. I mean, reasonable in the context of like a soapy mm. dramatic thing. Mm. He <laughs> destroys the tape, and they're like, no, no, not only can they not watch the tape, we can they, never watch anything. Anything destroys the VCR, and it's great. It's 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 a great. It's a great thing. So while this is going on, across the street or next door, it's still unknown. Yeah. Jughead and Betty are like, well, it's a good thing that Charles turned himself in and our parents are coming home. <laughs> and Betty's like, of course my brother's a serial killer. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. no. I mean, yes, but no. I mean, her mom is a sociopath. Yeah. We're... But they feel bad for her mom. Yeah. Because um, she had two child, two sons. And be. And because I think this show, yeah, a real one and a fake one. Yeah, both sociopaths. <laughs> and they're in love with each other. Um, now, now, because I think the show is aware we're watching it, uh, it becomes <laughs> self-aware and I'm horrified. They're like, but it makes so much sense that Charles would be the auteur. Who else knows everything that happens in our house? And I just wanted one of them to say, like, I mean, just by economy of characters, it, it had to be him, right? What do you mean economy of characters? Don't worry about it. And then Jughead goes, wait. There's another character on the show who hasn't done anything recently. I I think. So, well, he thinks we get Archie boxing. And then it turns out that Mary can't deal with her traumatized teenage son. So she called her ex-husband's brother. She calls him Frank in his magnificent beard. Now, she calls Frank, who I'm pretty sure last time someone was on the run because of his mercenary crew was off trying to kill him. Yeah, because they all had a thing in their brain that made them go murder. What? <laughs> Isn't that what happened? They had a chip in their brain that made them turn into a murderer? No, well, but that seems likely. <laughs> I mean, that explains why that guy who was trying to murder Frank was so single-minded about it. Were they hypnotized? There was hypnotism in <laughs> the show. They were hypnotized, weren't they? There was something making them do it. Yeah, no, you're right. Oh my god. <laughs> As I said... Psychologists need to examine, <laughs> scientists need to get this show down, because it does weird things to your brain. So Frank does 
what I guess what Archie needed, he yeah. lets Archie get to the breaking breaking point. And Frank is actually, to be fair, Frank's actually not a bad person to call in for this because he also has PTSD. Well, because Fred took the fall for Frank's DUI. Yep. So he actually kind of gets the whole um like thing with this kid and like the whole situation. Now, of course, because uh, they are not but men, the way they're going to get through their feelings first is by punching. Frank will not punch. Frank no. will just take the punches. Yes. And it turns out Archie has been punching his punching bag <laughs> so hard that he was already bleeding. It turns out what he needed to punch was Someone a friend. who kind of looks like his dad. He needed to punch a friend. <laughs> And so he punches while Frank yells at him. Yeah, and then, let go of your anger! And then finally he cries in Frank's arms. Yeah, yeah. And I just sort of want to wrap this up now so we can get it out of the way. Um, we'll learn that the reason Frank came to town was not just this. Turns out he's turning himself in. For being a mercenary? Because of the things he's done as a mercenary. I don't think you need to do that in Riverdale. Uh, but he'll just I, go talk to FP and F people will be like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go talk to that um, Betty's brother's boy. He's with the FBI, right? Like, yeah, I don't see any reason why that's not a sure. thing you can do. <laughs> go talk to Jughead. That's fine. Yeah, just go across the street and next door at the same time and uh, just go talk to them. Just bring up, <laughs> bring that up. So Archie says to Frank, thanks for letting me punch you. I'm finally better. And Frank's like, no, no. you're not. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> Oh, boy. Archie, it'll take you a long time to grapple with all the terrible things that have happened to you. Maybe your entire life. But now you realize you have emotions, and that's good. I think Frank went off and actually got therapy. Like, his brother died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we we see the accumulation of what Jughead was doing, which is that he Remembered goes... who the only other person in his house was? Yeah, so he goes, to Je- he goes to Jellybean and is like, were you the one making the tapes? And she's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's like, but why? And I, I thought the reveal was gonna be like, oh, someone like asked her to, and like it was gonna be a deeper thing like that. But he's going to go just tell it to FP like right away with drinks because the show is tired of their teenagers being children. So Jughead can sleep in the same bed as his girlfriend and drink rum with his dad. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a speakeasy, and I guess it's illegal. Legal, I, I Aaron, I do not know if the speakeasy is a real place. So um, he explains to his dad that Jellybean made the videos because she wanted to create a mystery for Jughead to yeah. keep him in town. Because the first tape appeared right after he left for Stonewall. So it unsettled them. It it did not bring Jughead back. It brought him back to do some of the mysteries I guess occasionally. I visited a lot more. She took so long to get the other tapes out really was her problem. Well, she didn't have enough teammates yet. Yeah, because the first one she got was Ricky because he was the weird um, G&G kid. G&G kid. Uh, and he brought her to the Blue Velvet And video. she was like, oh, people like creepy videos. I could make a creepy video. And then they got more kids, and they made all the videos. So I guess it was just kids standing outside for six hours, which makes even less sense than one guy doing it. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I assume... guess they were trading off shifts. Well, and I assume they could just, like, put the camera somewhere and leave it. I, I would not trust that. It's like hiding in a bush. <laughs> it's Riverdale, which is either the safest town in America or the worst town in America, depending on what episode of the show it is. Yeah. Then Jellybean figured out all the other stuff because she just saw the videos at the Blue Velvet. And she saw that just, like, filming the houses was, like, not quite getting the reaction yeah, can- anymore. So she was like, better up the stakes. <laughs> they spent a lot of time actually wondering, like, how could someone know these things? And it's because they watched the video. So that's not a huge secret. But it was the story that was weird. But it's just because she read her brother's laptop. Yeah. Though I want to say, like, well, 
I don't think they talked about the story with over the phone. Like, no, she just was like in the snooping, house. She was just snooping around on his. Well, they did in the house. Oh, they did talk about it in the house. You're right, actually, because he kept reading reading it to Betty. Yeah. So probably she walked <laughs> by and was like, "Ooh." I was trying to figure how I was trying to figure how Char- how they thought Charles knew about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, because keep in mind that was the red herring there, and then David gave them permission to shoot in the blue velvet. And there's also adult. I thought there was like just kids actors. You couldn't tell because they had masks on. No. They got adult actors. <laughs> so after Jack explains all of this, he says to FP, he's like, look, I don't think she knew how dark and creepy this was, which is fair. She's a, yeah. she's a kid. She's a preteen. Mm-hmm. But Jelly Bean, who has like been shown to be pretty smart and like together. She was part of a gang. Not suspicious <laughs> when grown man, creepy man David was like, let me help you with these videos. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing is, I wonder, David... This actually makes David that much less creepy and just being a guy who's like, yeah, whatever, I don't fucking care. I love weird videos. I don't care. Let me get some of my let me get some of my friends to help you film this creepy video. I think it's fun. Um Can I show your creepy videos at my raves? You can come for free. Anyway, so that gets uh that sort of gets resolved uh, and we then we sort of see the a lot of things here. So FP hugs Jellybean, Archie and Frank uh Archie has written the letter, and then he and Frank go to uh, Fred's tombstone. Well, the letter plays in voiceover. Yeah. Because Mary is a snoop and reads her son's letter. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised he didn't seal it. Um, I guess he... Eh, whatever. <laughs> and the scene at the grave is long, and Archie just cries a little bit in his eyes, and it's very heartbreaking, yeah. actually. And then, And then it's done. They, and there's they they did the dang thing. And there's one more episode before season five starts. Yep, they decide to all hastily wrap it all up in the second to last episode. And boy, it has the feeling. <laughs> despite the fact that they decided, like, oh, we're going to make those three episodes anyways and put them up next next year, it still feels like they ran out of time, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, you know, they have to spend all of next episode just saying goodbye. Because you know, if you don't go to the same college, then well, and and you and you can't do those in the same episode. Also, we'll have Deus a Weatherby next episode where she will definitely graduate, and <laughs> FP will decide to move out of town with Jellybean to get her away from the darkness of this town. Yeah, yeah. But I guess he and Alice will break up. Yeah, well, sure. Hey, we know that he's not going to be on the show anymore. So we do. We do know he's not going to be on the show anymore. So he, <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, they're, they're going to be setting things up for the for that five-year time skip, seven-year time skip. All right, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic lined up so many storylines and then just stopped them? I did. This is a moment that exists only for drama, only to escalate stakes and not for anything that makes any reasonable sense. And it is Donna calling Betty in the middle of the night because Betty can save her from the person who I guess is just like walking slowly behind her down the streets getting ready to murder her. <laughs> That's the feeling it gave you on her side of the phone call. Like she's in it. it's very noir. She's in a rainy place like town somewhere and she is just 
on a payphone because, you know, the show's anachronistic. But I guess uh, Charles has just been walking just one block behind her slowly all night. Well, that's, that's the feeling it gives. She, yeah. Like, though, though as it eventually reveals, the truth is... She heard Brett died. She heard Joan died. And then she just ran off into the rain. Ran night. off into the rain. Because she will not be killed. No. <laughs> she will not Charles be. Charles was not going after her. I mean, I think he was, but he just didn't get to her at time. They got distracted because Betty called him. It took so long to kill Joan. She's in a different country. I guess he's flying home from Britain or wherever she is. Wherever she, wherever Joan is. There's no way he killed Joan himself, right? Like, he definitely who used some he, sort of contact. Who would he hire? I don't know. Some no. fast-talking British guy well, who mumbles a lot. Well, the problem is if he does that, then he's not a serial killer. Then he's just... Then, then he's, he's just, a criminal mastermind, like, like Hiram. who hires assassins. He... And also, and also, I love the fact they're like, you've killed more people, haven't you? And he's and he like, goes, yeah. like, well, cool. He's killed... He kills anyone who hurts the people he loves, Kevin. But but he actually hasn't. Well, I mean, didn't he kill that landlady? What landlady? When he and Chick were on drugs and then they killed the landlady and then rolled her up in a rug and... I mean, the problem is that who actually knows? I think he, he his claim is that Chick did it and Chick's claim is that he did it? No, Chick's claim was that he killed Charles. Chick's claim was that he killed Charles. <laughs> Because they thought Charles was dead, but he was actually in the FBI. <laughs> Do you think they think they wrapped this up? Yes. <laughs> okay. The storyline is done. He turned himself in. Kevin, what's your CW moment? Uh, my CW moment is the fact that after, that Veronica and Hermosa's whole plan where it's like, okay, I'm going to be able to beat up uh, Hiram, and then you're going to not help him. Uh, now, I could say that it's the fact that she was shocked that Hiram was actually beaten up, but it's actually got the text... And then went home anyways. And then lectured to him. To do it in person. Like, when Hermosa said it, I thought I thought that she was just going to ignore get the text the and text? ignore it. And then he would be like, my God, she didn't come for me. But of course, she has, to cl- she has to explain to him, no, I'm not going to help you. And here's why. Because... Because that's how it works, I guess. But it turns out he healed up just fine without her. I guess he stumbled into the kitchen and got the first aid kit himself. <laughs> Next morning, he has a slight cut under one eye. And that's where all that blood came from. I guess maybe he went to that magic hospital. I mean, we do know it's a magic hospital. And he was like, someone jumped the mayor. <laughs> yeah, why would he go home He's also? the mayor. The reason why he had to go home last time was because he went out to fight a bunch of criminals. And he and got, murdered someone. Yeah, and got, no, he murdered him later. Mm. Uh, and got beaten up. So he couldn't go to the hospital because he, he couldn't be like, oh... Because no one, because no one lies in this town. Apparently, but this time he was just leaving the mayor's office, and someone jumped him. Yeah, he could have just gone to the hospital and be like, "Some criminal jumped me in the night." But I guess he also was a mafioso. <laughs> I don't know. So, in summary, I gesture with my hands. We throw our hands up in the air, but not like Teo or whatever. But we care so much. So there's, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea what. <laughs> Other storylines could possibly exist on this show. I know we need to wrap this up, uh, but I want to very quickly pitch to you, Aaron, a thought that came through my head. I was watching this episode when we learned that actually Charles wasn't the auteur. I want you to tell me if you think this is a uh, what if, if you, what do you think of this ending? I guess. Okay. Um, so Charles reveals he's not the auteur. My my thought I had was, oh my god, 
are they going to introduce a new character who has just been watching everything that goes on? Like, he's literally been, like, a viewer of Riverdale, and he's seen all the... All these things are happening, and he just, like, wanted to be a part of them. So he got all these people to, like, recreate actions from the show. So he could feel like... He's part of the main cast, effectively. You know who should have been the auteur? (laughs) Roberto. Kevin Keller. No, it just no. wants to be a main character. Even Kevin Keller. Kevin Josie coming back. Why can't I be a main character? My other say. show got canceled. But it's like if you're saying I'm an auteur, it should be like the the end reveal. Make it an outsider. Should, well, and the end reveal should be like a filmic thing, like a, a weird kind of meta like take on the fact that Riverdale itself is so heightened in drama that the other people in the town because it seems like so they were making these videos, but they were really only focused on the things that happened to the main cast. Just the main cast. I think we- they did film other houses, although there was that situation where the people who didn't have house sets just watched a video at Pops, which was six hours <laughs> of Pops. Yeah. So, I mean, but they did that to get the entire town involved. Yeah. But then all the individual things were like, oh, to Cheryl, and then to Betty and Jughead, and then, like, just the things I mean- from... I like to imagine that um, Jellybean did find a video of, like, something, like, the video of the guys being punched on the tree, and she was like, I guess we gotta make one of that. (laughs) I like to imagine Ricky being like, oh, can we do this thing? And Jellybean's like, what, what, what what do you, oh, can we do the story, can we do the thing about that boy being mutilated in the woods? And Jellybean's like, what, what, like, well, that's, you know, you know, there's just been boys being mutilated in the woods for, like, the last two years, and it's an unsolved crime, no one knows Who's doing this? Well, are any of them chick? No, he was fine. Uh, no, 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 no one was chick, but there was like Jacob. Or Jacob? What's a Jacob? Jacob, he went to Riverdale High? No. He he sang I, I at don't the think prom? He, I don't think he's been hired to be on the show. <laughs> he sang at the homecoming because that's the thing that we do. <laughs> we make people sing at homecoming. I think you're thinking of Starcrossed. I think I am thinking of Starcrossed. Can we watch Starcrossed? <laughs> Let's watch Starcrossed and play Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Aaron, this is this is Riverdale. It is colonizers of Seton. Seton. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh <laughs> So, um I don't know, just hit, hit, hit it with a ho- with a house cleaning, Aaron. Social media, podcast MOA, podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And we need your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions because we do this for you. So you do that for us, please. <laughs> uh, you can also, as I say every week, you can check out my books at my website, GavinWeirdBooks.com. Going over, I won't pitch them too much. I also have a website. It's a flimsyplant.com. Yes, and you're reviewing books. Yeah, and other things And other things sometimes. Woo! (laughs) I'll see you next week. I don't have any questions. I don't have any questions either. I got nothing. I'm kind of all wrapped up. Okay, guys, we'll see you next week. Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. Teen Drama Fancast?